Hey guys, welcome back to your favorite podcast. Um, I'm your host, Kwelumi, and today we are going to get very deep. We'll be talking about ego deaths and overcoming depression. These are very hard topics. So an ego death is defined as a complete loss of subjective self-identity. This is often very scary and confusing. People often struggle with depression and suicidal ideation while experiencing an ego death. Today, I have a very lovely guest with me who is going to, you know, share her beautiful story. And she's also a wonderful friend of mine. Her name is Eva Alodia. She's a multiple winning music artist, writer, speaker, business coach, and marketing consultant in Nigeria. She's also the creative brain and co-founder of leading course host platform, KoboCourse.com helping African creators easily monetize their expertise online with digital courses. Eva is well known as the foremost female rapper in Nigeria, a status which she has held with no apparent competition for a decade, okay? (laughs) After a long self-imposed break from Nigeria's bustling music scene, Eva Alodia is back with a newly released album, Everything Good. The eight-track LP has been received with a lot of rave and support from fans who have been thirsty for the much-awaited comeback of Africa's rap queen. Being a multi-potentialite with diverse skills and interests, Eva proves that she's more than just a fierce lyricist with a mic on a mic. So Eva leverages her skill as a writer, poet, rapper, and communicator to drive her message of awakening the minds and helping people tap into their own limitless potential. She's currently working on a book and another album while growing KoboCost.com and running multiple internet businesses. Come on. Uh-uh. Give it up for the one and only, okay, Eva Alodia. <laughs> Hi, Eva. I'm laughing. <laughs> I'm laughing so hard to myself. Because I'm speaking <laughs> with you and I'm, li- I'm listening to you talk about me that way. And I'm like, oh, I love it. <laughs> of course. I always tell people, like, enjoy a glow. Sometimes we're always too humble with our success, you know. Celebrate yeah. it. That was wonderful. That was a very nice intro. I'm happy I could Thank say that you. to introduce you and to, you know, have our guests know who's really here. Okay. Respect I to the queen. It. So much. It's a pleasure to have a conversation with you. Thank you. And it's a pleasure to have you on once again. So Eva, you know, you're a woman of all trades. Tell us about your childhood. Tell us about your background because I'm very curious to know how you were raised, how you grew up because you're a very free spirit. And I know you have a wonderful relationship <laughs> with your family. So tell us about mm. your childhood and just your general background. Um, I, I would like to say that I had... Well, first of all, I come from the best family ever. I grew up with love, so much love till this day. It's the number one thing that I have, my family. My childhood was filled with exciting, humble experiences. Like I, I, I don't come from the wealthiest backgrounds, but my, my father made sure that life was rich in every detail. You know, my, my parents, both of them. And... My childhood was filled with just family and creativity. And I think that this is the reason that I am the way that I am now. I am just like a bubbling, flowing energy (laughs) every day. You know, I leave, I actually leave from my childlike essence in this day as a a 34-year-old. And it's all thanks to growing up around love. I know that I haven't said anything super specific but just know that if when I think about my childhood, I just, I see family gatherings, I see parties, I see family and family, I see Christmas parties, I see family and family, and that's it. <laughs> that's wonderful, you know, like, okay, I know our listeners will want to know this. How did you get into rap? I and mean, you've told the story a million and one times, but please say it again yeah. for us. Yes. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I just told I just told this story yesterday recording a YouTube video. <laughs> um, growing up, I, I wanted to be a writer. I started writing at a very early age, I think about five or six. And I started teaching when I was two. 
according to my mom i don't remember that but she remembers it so clearly that you know when she talks about it she's always very hyped and excited you know because i think it was a core memory unlock for her uh, as my mom um in fact she told the story in my album 1960 under the track for my mama so uh when you listen to 1960 the album which is the one before the new one um, my mom was given the story about how I started teaching when I was two years old. And so if you haven't listened to that, go listen to that. That, that would give you a really good insight on how I was raised. Um, so according to my mom, I started teaching when I was two. And when I was five, which is what I remember, five and six was when I started writing. And I, was, I used to just write like fiction and stories. I was very enraptured in books. I, I was a very studious person, you know. Um, in secondary school, my nickname was Efiko. Because I, I just knew everything. <laughs> I, I think my friends did not like me very much. Um, but rap started when I was 13. And rap happened because of jealousy. There was a certain lady um, in, my, in my hostel at the time. Her name is Yemisi Ayinde. Yemisi Ayinde was... Put uh, on blast, though. <laughs> 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 she was amazing. She was amazing. She was like the superstar of the hostel, right? Like people will come into our room, our dormitory, just to watch Yemisi perform. And she used to like give us full renditions of movies and and music. And one day she was rapping Eminem's Cleaning Out My Closet. And that was the first time that I heard the song, actually. And I think it was the first time that I saw a girl rap. And I was so pissed. I was really pissed in my blood. I was upset i was jealous i was like why why does she get to do that and so i took it upon myself to master the lyrics of eminem's cleaning out my closet just so that i could beat her it, there was no competition the competition was in my head <laughs> and so i spent days after days after day um writing and rewriting the lyrics of eminem's cleaning out my closet and you have to understand back in the day we didn't have uh, lyrics on the phone we didn't have smartphones in fact, we used to buy like booklets, like lyric magazines and things like that. And we didn't have like CDs at the time. It was cassette players or is it cassette or cassette players. And so you had to rewind and forward and rewind the cassette to, to get the lyrics out. So you can imagine how many hours I spent doing this just to get the lyrics out. And I did. But what also happened through that process was I understood the nuances that went into rap and I think I, I just fell in love with it I was very turned on by Eminem's cadence and flow and rhyme scheme and as a writer of just fiction at the time the ability to tell a story with rap was what really intrigued me and I said wow this is some skill and I, I loved the confidence boost that came with that as well. So it just became a thing from there. Um, jealousy spurred me. <laughs> jealousy unlocked my talent. <laughs> jealousy is good if you focus on the positive side of jealousy. You know what I think? <laughs> I, I think that maybe that whole event or that whole situation was like some divine intervention for you to just find what you were supposed to do <laughs> because you just heard this girl rapping and then you were jealous and it's like how are you just jealous of someone just doing her thing <laughs> you get what i mean and then you just come and you're yeah. like i'm going to rap yeah. every single lyric and then you just kill it i was upset and you I was create upset. a whole career <laughs> also, she's not even rapping anymore she doesn't even rap. That's not her life right now. Shout out to Yemisi Ainde. Ainde. So thank you, Yemisi, for helping Eva unlock her talent. You are definitely a soulmate in her life. It's so connection that she's not aware of. She really needs to give you flowers every Valentine's. Because, girl, you oh did it. Oh, my God. Oh, but I talk, I talk about this all the time. I, I give Yemisi her flowers all the time. She probably doesn't even know. Maybe she's heard it before. But I definitely give her flowers all the time. <laughs> that's wonderful I like that story that's actually a very cool <laughs> and that's actually a very funny story I like it a lot <laughs> yeah because it's just a cool story like you actually have a story story some people just be like how did you start singing like I've always been doing this all my life I just loved it and anyway, I was born into it and blah 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 and you were like I heard somebody one day and were jealous and I had to go and listen to the cat and you were like ah you really wanted this <laughs> 
<laughs> you, you serious guy. You serious pass. Ghanaians will say, you serious cry. <laughs> so anyway, let's get serious because this topic is actually very serious, Eva. We have to be serious, okay? So I can't oh, just go okay. from that, from this light note to my next question because my next question is actually about tell us what led to your ego death because I know you've experienced this and you've talked openly about you know, depression and a dark time in your life when you actually left music and came back after. So tell us what led to your ego death. And as I explained, the ego death is like a death of your identity, you know, when things change because mm-hmm. the Eva you are now is definitely not the Eva you were 10 years ago. Because I remember mm-hmm. 10 years ago was when I heard your music, was when I heard your first song, Death. Mm-hmm. Like that was the first song mm-hmm. I heard and it wasn't your first song, but that was the song that made me like, oh my God, I like this girl. That was 2013. And look, we're here. Thank you. So there's definitely yeah. be a change, been a change. And what led to that change? Mm, okay. So when I started my career in music, it was the only thing that I had. It was everything that I had. In fact, I, I, I finished school, university, uh, Bowen University. I jumped out of school, never went back, didn't get my certificate, was just like ready to take on the world. Because at the time in my final year, I had already started recording in studios in Lagos and my music was already on the radio. You know, it was obvious that I was going to go down this path. And it was everything that I knew. I never got a job. I never, you know, got a nine to five. I wasn't interested. That was just not my path. I'd always been an entertainer and that was what I wanted to do. So I was very blessed to have a welcoming audience in the Nigerian music scene. I had, you know, a cult-like following. I still do. Very tight fans, people who really, really listen. I mean, I'm a rapper, right? Like people who really listen to the lyrics that I write. Um, And I had a wonderful time, you know, performing, traveling, touring and doing everything that I dreamed I was going to do. But years after, eight years, nine years of grinding it out by by yourself as an independent artist, I I was burned out. I was stressed out. Um, I was a terrible business uh, person as well. I was just a creative, you know, I didn't really know much about business. So I didn't take care of my money um, as an artist, not because I didn't take care of my money like I had a lot of it but like the little that I had I I I put it back into the music you know I I, I struggled a lot as an independent female rapper <laughs> in a in a music industry scene that really did not pay a lot of attention to rap and it just felt like no matter how hard I tried all the money that I made went back to making this business happen you know I was paying everybody. I was, I was making so little, but I had to pay people like my band, my dancers. Every single time that I had to do a show, it was fun while I was on stage and it was just stressful when I was done. You know, there was just so many free shows and so many shows that wouldn't pay well. And I just felt like I was too good for this struggle. <laughs> I just felt like I'm too good for this <laughs> unnecessary struggle. Like there's just something not yeah. right about all of this, you know? And yeah. I also, yeah, I also wasn't happy in the sense of what is happiness. In fact, you know, I got to a point in my life as a human being where I started asking myself, who are you? Like beyond everybody saying that you are Eva and you are this amazing person. It's like, who are you? You know, there was a very big disconnect between my public persona and the person I was going to bed at night with myself. And I just couldn't conceive that. And there were no answers to help me. I grew up Christian, right? But even just just everything couldn't help me. Even the, the music, there was a t- the, I was going through this really dark depression and even my own music, I didn't want to listen to it. I didn't want to listen to anybody. I, I, I turned off the TV. I didn't even have a TV in my house. I, I stopped listening to anything. And I just went into the silence and, and caved in. I caved into myself. And it was a really dark time for me because I, I decided I did not want to be a, publicity, a, a public person anymore. I didn't want to be a celebrity. I didn't want to be known. I, I didn't want to do any of that fame thing. I was not interested because there was no happiness there. I, I wanted to find happiness. And so um, 
I, I went away from the music scene. Like I just, I just stepped off. I think what really triggered it was I dropped an album, 1960, the album. I put in all my life into that album. I worked really hard with my producers, Tintin and Gray Jones, and it was a fantastic work of art. But I just didn't have the means or the support to push it the way that I, I needed to push it. And I also felt like the fans or the people who said, oh, we want your album, we want your album, did not receive the album. Or maybe I did not market it properly. But anyway, long story short, I caved into myself and I was like, no, this is not working for me. I, I can't do this. It's too much. Um, and through that depression, I began to do new things like listening to speakers, listening to motivational tapes, reading a lot and asking questions and studying the Bible for myself and uncovering all the other hidden ancient books beyond the Bible and, you know, really questioning what is this life? And that was what began the search for me. And that was when I realized that I really wasn't Eva the rapper. I was more than that. And I was nothing at all at the same time. And so taking a break from the music scene was very beneficial for me because it allowed me to just be nothing. I, don't want, I, di I didn't want to be anything. I didn't want to be responsible for anybody's happiness. I didn't want to be a superstar. I didn't want to be a celebrity or whatever anybody thought that I was. I wanted to be nothing. And in that state of nothingness was where I found God. I didn't find God in the church. I didn't find God in, in people telling me about God. I found God in my darkness um, from, from the dark, from the deeps of the dark, if that makes any sense. And I've changed so much. I like even just having this conversation with you and just talking back to myself. I'm like, wow. I remember when I was really deep in, in the depression and in the first ego death, because there's been several ego deaths after that. <laughs> but it was a ma the, the first one was the major one, you know. I hope that helps. I hope I brought some context to that. That is actually a fantastic answer. I love your answer. Because you went deep. You went deep into it. You didn't just scratch the surface. You know, so like how long will you say this process last lasted? Like your first ego death, the time you disconnected from the world. Like how long were you in your shell for? It just ended last year, actually. <laughs> really? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> It literally just ended last year, last year, 2022. It's been, it's been six years now of, of dying and, get, and being born again and dying and being born again. It's been six years. Um, but last year was the first time that I permitted myself to come back into the world. Because I, I think, I, I don't know how people go through their processes, but like, my own experience, my personal experience was like, I wasn't a part of the world. I, I was existing, but I wasn't here. I was here, but I wasn't there. Um, the only thing that I really could hold on to was my family and the things that I was doing with myself, like writing, creating, um, you know, but I really wasn't participating in the world. I was, I was leaving, I was existing, but I just wasn't doing world things. <laughs> Uh, so last year was the first time that I allowed myself to claim a persona again, because I mean, we're humans at the end of the day, like you cannot kill the ego. You can't, you can't, you can't kill the, the ego is a tool for us to maneuver this physical life. You know what I mean? But like, you have to understand how to manage it so that it doesn't run your life so that you are in charge of it, so to speak. Not like you have control, but like, you know what it is as a tool. Right. And so last year was the first time that I allowed myself to be a part of the world again and to really step back into the light that I am without feeling like I needed to shrink the brightness of my light, you know, or to dim it just a little bit so I can fit in. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm a bright light, baby. You're going to see me. Take <laughs> <laughs> up all the space, you know. Mm -hmm. That's funny because people have been, I've been seeing you online. I mean, not with music for a while. Mm -hmm. I've been handing like your 70,000 YouTube pages and <laughs> Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> and all the stuff you've been doing online. <laughs> so I'm always thinking, I was like, were you, really in your, were you really in your shell? 
because girl like you know you were actually very productive you know because i think everyone's dark time or everyone's um cocooning phase is different maybe because you were very you were quite famous or you were quite popular at that time so for you even being on youtube and having like thousands or tens of thousands and on instagram tens of thousands of followers that to you was still you being in your shell because i just want to commend the fact that even though you were going through a tough time you were still being productive you were still inspiring people online you were still teaching skills whether it was makeup whether it's some um, content creation so like yeah that's still inspiring you know what i mean because most times we let our insecurities get in the way and it's okay to take a break but do yeah. the little do the best you can do even when you're not sure how well you're showing up you know yeah thank you i appreciate that um all the work that i've done online to be honest is nothing nothing compared to what i was doing as a as a as a rapper as an artist in nigeria i was on tour i was on stage i was traveling countries i was all over the place like i was on magazine covers i was a superstar <laughs> like in in the big sense of the word this is superstar before tiktok and that was a very big responsibility it was a very big persona that i had to shed and i had to say nope I don't need you. <laughs> and I decided to be a small person. I decided to be just a person. <laughs> like just be normal, you know. I don't want to I didn't want to be anything. I just want to be normal. But my work online was important for my mental health. Um I feel like one of the biggest tasks that I have been given in this life is to be a way shower, be a light bringer. and to show the path and i've accepted that a big part of that responsibility is walking the hard path myself and then showing the way and so me showing up online and teaching and coaching and creating content and writing is my way of healing myself as i am helping other people go through their own healing journey cuz I, i can't heal people i can only you know create or I, I allow myself to be a channel or the right word which is my gift my gift is words i can only allow myself be a channel for that to come through and if i if i block that channel by saying oh i'm not going to show up online or oh, i'm so depressed i cannot do this or oh, i cannot create content then i block that flow of energy and life for myself too so in a way um showing up to heal the sick is how i heal myself and i i i've just got into that place where i i accept it i'm like okay <laughs> Okay. <laughs> If that's what we have to do, okay. <laughs> But it's it's, really? it's, great. it's it's great. It's wonderful. I I would do it again in a in a heartbeat. <laughs> that's wonderful. So how you how you say you were able to overcome the depression? And I know like obviously the ego death um you allowed it to take its course. You were quite patient with it and allowed things to just move. So how did you really deal with that? depression and come out of it what helped you was it the reading writing like what exactly was it hmm okay so i talk about depression a lot in my contents and i share about my story a lot because like it helps people but i i must say i don't think that there is ever a a final end to what we call depression and i would love to start affirming depression as deep rest sessions deep rest moments so i say i'm not depressed i'm going through a moment of deep rest where i need to chill i need to relax i need to watch myself i need to understand what's happening and not just be a participator of the movie that is my life but also be an observer and and take charge and be the director as well and for me the very big gaslighting of my depression was that i was broke i had no money to show for all my efforts as a so-called superstar and it pissed me off so much um looking back now i understand that uh god was trying to help me get into the position where i allow myself to understand money because money is is a part of this physical life you know it's it's one of the things that we come here to learn about 
And I think that it's everybody's responsibility to understand how money works. Unfortunately, it's not something that is apparent in our educational system, which is very, very flawed, by the way. But for me, my the, the depression at the time was really spurred on, especially because I had no money. And so what really helped me in the beginning was picking myself up and, and really observing myself. And I used to live in a very tiny one-bedroom apartment in Lagos, right? And I had to sit with myself. And this has happened again and again and again and again in my life where I have to sit with myself and look around me in the environment that I am in at the moment and say to myself, what do I have right now? Without spending another dollar, what do I have right now that can create value in the world right now without me borrowing anything, asking anybody for help or complaining about what I don't have? And when I did that the first time intentionally, I realized that I had the internet, I had my phone, I had a laptop, I had brains, I was knowledgeable in many skills, you know, I knew how to teach. And I said, okay, I also knew how to write. And I said, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make money online. And so I started my first internet business, which was teaching creators how to create better content, grow their social media, and then subsequently monetize their knowledge, right? And so this process of taking the time out to observe myself, assess my situation, and then take action on the next available step to me was what really helped me um plus going to the gym of course you know deciding that my energy uh, realizing that my energy was too low and i needed to work out and do things like that um so i was working out i was creating content i was being active i was utilizing my life force my energy i wasn't just sitting down in one place and saying oh i'm depressed this life is hard what is all of this woe is me woe is me it's like no if you have the energy and the life to complain you also have the same energy to create so i'd rather be on the creating side than the complaining side and so i think to answer the question without rambling off <laughs> it's creating being being attentive to the life force that is flowing through you and using that energy because if you're alive then you are alive you, you cannot be static when you're static and when you stop growing you immediately start to die you don't die when you get to the grave you start dying when you stay static and and life is not static nature is not static she's ever ebbing and flowing you know and the moment you stop your energy from flowing you start dying um, so just being in action mode was what really, really helped me. But of course, there was no way for me to propel myself into that action without the necessary information. And this is why I do the work that I do today. The, the right word from the right person found me at the right time. Because of course, I was in search of the word. And if you seek, you shall find, right? I was asking many questions. Who am I? What do I do? How do I move? Um, how do I change my life? You know, and I was watching YouTube videos. I was watching motivational speakers. I was reading. I had no TV. I, I wasn't distracted by nonsense. You know, I, I was really very focused on this development of myself. And so I give many thanks to the writers, the authors, the speakers, the podcasters, the content creators, the people, the market women, the people who share their word, you know, the, the drivers, the, the people we meet on the street, the everyday people, my family, my friends, you know, because somehow the right word found me and I was able to take action. Um, yeah. <laughs> hmm, you're on fire. So, <laughs> no, but honestly, that was very profound because... You, the very fact that you're acknowledging even the little people that make up our story, our frame, you know what I mean? We never ever mm -hmm. think that those little people that we meet every day, the one person that, you know, um, allows you to maybe cut the queue and go in front of them to get something you need mm -hmm. urgently. You don't know how that little action has really changed your path. Mm -hmm. Like if you are speaking yeah. in scientific terms, that has actually propelled you into a parallel universe. Because imagine if yeah. you didn't do what you needed to do on time. So when you think about it, that, this leads me to my next question, which is, will you say that your ego death ultimately led to a spiritual awakening? 
Oh, for sure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Even before I knew that it was an ego death, just, just depression alone was the start of my spiritual awakening. Depression was the welcome and uninvited guest that I needed to move me to my next level. And so that's why today, like when people send me messages and they say, oh, Eva, I'm so depressed. I want to commit suicide. I understand. I understand because I, I've been there. I was there. A lot of us have been there. But life is worth living. And life is, it's, it's, it's this, it's the up and downs of life that make it so exciting. I've come to understand this now, of course, after many years of going through the process. But I feel like I wouldn't have it any other way because these challenges unlock the fullness that is us. These challenges help us go back inward and say, okay, what ammunition did I come into this physical planet with that I need to unlock right now to get into the next level of this game? That's all it is. It beats us down. And sometimes it's because we have strong heads because the signs are always there. But sometimes we overlook the signs and then it gets really, really bad to the point where we break down completely. But even the breaking down is good because the breakdown sets you up for your buildup, you see. And so even before I began to analyze and therapize myself and get to the point where I understood it was an ego death as well, just, just being depressed, just experiencing depression in its entirety, was the, was the level up that I needed to unlock my, my spirituality. And, and in that process, I said, no, I, I don't want to listen to anybody. No, no, no. I want to listen to myself. No, you don't know more than me. No. And I was very bullish on, on going inward and listening to myself and listening to myself. And I started just saying no to everything, like no to the pastors, no to the church, no to the school, no to my parents, no to everybody, no to all of you, no, 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 no. And in allowing myself to say no like that, I allowed myself to say yes to the still small voice that was trying to get my attention. Um, and yeah, it was, that, that was how my spiritual awakening started. And the first thing that, that went out the door was the fear of death which I feel like is, is a big one for a lot of people. I don't fear death anymore. There's no fear of death. Um, so I'm just really, I mean, I'm in a place in my life where I'm just so thankful for this life experience and for what's coming next. Like I'm looking forward to the next challenge. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next breakdown. I'm going through one right now. <laughs> I'm going through and that's the right thing; now. it never stops. And that's like no. at first when I when I went through my first one, right, a couple of years ago, I was yeah. thinking, "Oh yeah, I'm awakened now." <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you know when you have that, like you have this sense of like, "Oh, I'm awakened," and all you peasants are asleep, and I know this, and I know that I'm I can be a vegan, and I know that like obviously I had that whole spiritual yeah I had that whole spiritual ego thing like I had a very very massive spiritual ego no but like that was when I was first waking up because with time I just started to realize because I'm quite open-minded right and I listen to a lot of people I started to realize that nobody actually knows everything you know what I mean so mm -hmm. you, as much as yeah. you may think you know everything but the more you learn about life the more you realize that what you know is not even <laughs> like it's not even up to one tenth of what it is that you should know about what's going on around you to be you know honest. and so yeah. the more I, and I think learning more because my own thirst for knowledge helped me to be able to see my own limitations quickly. Because when you learn something, you're like, I can't really believe I used to think this before. And then that changes and then something mm -hmm. else comes and then something else comes. So you know that at some point you just give up and be like, you know what, if I even die yeah. at a hundred yeah. years old, I'm going to keep learning up until that point. So who am I to say I know anything now? Yeah. So yeah, at that yeah. point, like that definitely is a thing, but it never stops. And it's just like this roller coaster ride. Like, please let me off. Like, why did I agree? It actually this spiritual journey. Never, it never stops. Because as soon as you say yes to one thing, you've also said no to something else. And if you say no to something else, you've said yes to something else. And I, yeah. I've come to understand that for myself as a teacher and as a writer, as someone who coaches people, I am taxed very greatly and judged very highly. Um, to explain that, basically, like if I tell people something, if I teach something, then life has to test me on that as well. 
You get what I mean? Mm, so yeah. I go through a very tough, intense process of proving myself to myself and proving what I have taught other people. You know what I mean? So this is why, like, as a, as a teacher and as a writer, I try not to have a lot of opinions on too many things because they will come back and test me <laughs> and they will come back and judge me with my own words. And so that creates more opportunity for the contrast. And the more contrast you have, the more you have to go improve what you said before or what you believed before and improve yourself again and, and change your answers. And this is why it keeps on going and going and going because the information is infinite. It's limitless. You cannot Literally. know anything. Yeah. You can never. You, yeah. You, and to think you that you know something, stupid. you immediately do not know it. <laughs> exactly. Because then... And I think that's the thing, even with like, I don't even understand how people can feel like they fully know people. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because even mm -hmm. I feel like people don't fully know themselves. Like we're all wearing masks and, and that's the point of an ego death. Like it's the death of who you thought you were. And then when you now begin to look and the deeper you go, you realize that you're not the mind, you're not the yeah. body, you are, you are literally consciousness itself. And I know this sounds woo woo to people, but it's the truth because you are the like observer of this experience. I like to say, you're not the mind, you're not the body, you are. <laughs> yeah, you just are. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's very, it sounds very, some people who listen to this and be like, what are they saying? But it's the truth because when you get to a certain point of stillness, you realize that, listen, like who I thought I was is not even me. And it's a very trippy place to get to because it's like, for a while, being without form. And that's very hard because identity like you know is very huge for us people say oh who are you what do you do and that's how you introduce mm. yourself at a party and then when that changes you like so when i go out now around these people what would i say i do like do you get what i mean i know that sounds very silly but when you're going through that shift in persona mm. it's literally like it's it's just one of the hardest things to experience and i wanted to even ask you how did you learn to stand your ground to people because you said you, were, you turned away you said no to the pastors you said no to your parents and I know you're close to your family and you said no to friends so how did you learn to walk this journey alone because ultimately that's what you did hmm. I just trust in the magic that is my life or I'm learning to trust it more and more each day I just trust it I, I I'm I'm a writer I'm a really big observer of things. Like I watch things and everything that happens, I try to pick out the lessons so I can write something. And when I was picking apart the lessons in my own personal experience, I just kept on seeing how life was working for me, even when everything was not working for me. I don't know if you get what I mean, but it, it was just, it, it, was, it was a setup for my setup. It was a breakdown for my buildup. It was a... It falling apart for my, you know, rising again. It, it, everything, including all the bad things and all my breakups and all the bad relationships and all the times that I was broken, all the fights and all the sickness, everything was setting me up to go find the information that I needed for the next level. And in just, in just being very retrospective and introspective and paying attention to the lessons, I'm just seeing the work of God in my life. And I see the pattern. I life is mathematics it's one plus one plus one life is clear math it is it is beautiful art in fact it's not just beautiful art it is beautiful perfect you cannot add to it it's beautiful perfect art it is it, it is rhythm it is bounce it is a wonderful flow it is I, I love life. I really, really do. And I'm so thankful for the opportunity to, to learn through the pain. That's really what this life experience is, that you learn through the pain. And so this is why they say, when things are going good, they're going good. Be happy. When things are going bad, they're going bad. Be happy. Don't be too happy and don't be too sad. Just be. <laughs> Observe. Watch what's going on. Because it's good now, but it will not be good forever. It's bad now, but it will not be bad forever. Be. Just be. <laughs> and I love mm. that about life. I do. I, I really do love that. And even uh, when I think about it, is that's what I tell people who are 
you know, people feel like taking their own lives. Like everything is in cycles. You understand? There are low moments, but the sun will shine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, winter season right now. Spring will come, you know, and it's, it may look hard to believe, but spring will come. And I've said that because same has happened in my life, has happened in your life. And it's all a process. You have to learn. So did this whole situation, will you say that your ego death and your spiritual awakening touched you really fall in love with yourself? Because you said you could not, you did, you did not identify with the Eva, the rapper persona that you had created. So will you say you truly fell in love with the real essence, you know, behind you? <laughs> Um, (laughs) okay so this chapter of my life right now at 34 years old is finding love within i should probably write that as a book (laughs) i am going through the process of loving myself right now i don't think that i've really had a wonderful relationship with loving myself in the past um the ego death and the, and the spiritual awakening helped me understand life on a very big general and personal level. But self-love is a completely different journey, I think. <laughs> well, from my own personal experience, the self-love journey is another journey completely. And my self-love journey is all encompassing of me accepting the way that I am, understanding my strengths and my weaknesses, giving my own love and my own attention to myself, falling in love or accepting the feminine parts of me because for a long time, I didn't want to be a girl. I wanted to be a boy and I grew up as a tomboy, you know. Even as a rapper, you know, on stage, I really stood firm in my masculine energy and that served me for a while. But as I began to grow and evolve, I began to understand that my feminine was probably more powerful than my masculine. Just just first with the fact that I came in this body, in this incarnation. And the suppression of my feminine energy has probably will not serve me in my next um, in my next process or in my next task in this lifetime. And so my self-love journey encompasses that as well. Me remembering and putting the members of my feminine back together and healing my child, my my childhood and healing the child inside of me. So it's a lot of things. So my self-love journey is completely different (laughs) right now. And that is the phase that I'm in right now. (laughs) Hmm. Sounds very liberating. Sounds very... I don't know, you sound so relaxed. <laughs> you sound like you're taking relaxed. things easy. Like you're just taking <laughs> things very easy. Like, listen, man, this is just a journey and I'm on my own time. So screw everyone trying to rush me. I'm going to find my way at my own time. I'll get there when I get there. When will you be here? When I get there, okay? <laughs> that's, that's, that's the energy. And it's good because ultimately it's your journey. Everyone always thinks you should be doing something. You know, everybody has yeah. better advice for you than they have for their own lives. That's what I always say. So... Mm-hmm learning to just be comfortable with taking your time to do things and being in your own space. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. fantastic. So I am, I know you I were, <clears throat> yeah, fact, I love it. Name, my first name is Eloho. So I am Eloho Eva Alodia and Eloho literally translates to English as ease. And so I, I'm, I'm just manifesting that in my life. I really love, that because I've fought with life in the past and it did not get me anywhere. There was no point. You know, I've gone through the struggle. I've fought with life. There was no point. (laughs) And so I'm learning to really be in flow. And you see, when you observe life, life takes her time. Like when you go to the ocean, when you go to the beach, the waves come when they want to come. They take their time. And when they want to crash, they crash. When it's a, a sweet tide, it's a sweet tide. You know, when the wind wants to be soft, it's soft. When the leaves on the trees want to, you know, flow softly, they flow softly. You see the birds in the sky when they're gliding. When they want to glide, they glide. Life, life just (laughs) takes a time. (laughs) There's no struggle. The only struggle is in Nigeria. Um, (laughs) Did I just say that? (laughs) Wait. (laughs) Please, how did Nigeria just collect straight bullets? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because because I, I 
and and this is why our work you know our work is so important because we know better now that we do not have to entangle ourselves and identify with the struggle in the air you know we know better so this is something that i really want to share with people it's this idea that you create your own energy from inside of you yes the energy and the environment can affect you but you are also the the creator and the energizer of your being and if you create wonderful energy within you there is no way you will go out and create chaos for other people and so this is a work of self engineering for everybody it's when you can engineer the self when you can engineer your own body and you can calibrate that then you can go out and be a wonderful life source for other people and people can tap into that and just imagine a world where everybody is taking care of the energy inside of them and they are constantly they're constantly intentional about that practice it, it would just be love everywhere no no there it would just be calm it will be it will it will be more peaceful definitely more peaceful yeah, than it is right now for sure with yourself first yeah yeah so you know How did you fall in love with making music again? Because I know you told me this is personally, <laughs> I mean, off air. But listeners, let me just expose her. She told me she doesn't listen to music. She just was done, like she was done, done. And then I know you have your, I know you have your core following. But how did you start making music? In fact, how did you even start listening to music again? <laughs> Let's start from there, girl. What if I told you I haven't even fallen in love with music again yet? I'm just really You know, you know like that situation where a guy is toasting you, a guy is toasting you like he's on your case, on your case and you're just forming papers for him and you're not giving him eye and you know, you're just like what big. And then the guy stops giving you attention and then all of a sudden it's like ah, why what's going on? And then now you are trying to get his attention. <laughs> That's where I I add to the music. <laughs> I'm trying to get her attention right now. I'm like, "Hey." And she did shakara for you. She's like, "When I was there, you didn't even send me." Okay. Now I'm gone. Now you want me for real? How serious are you? Let me tell you. This is the first time I have shared that analogy and I think it's the best analogy of what's going on. That's exactly what's going on. <clears throat> when I when I broke away from the music, well, of course I I didn't know this at the time. but like looking back and going through the process i realized that i've come to learn that the music was not just something i was doing it was not just my career it was a life force it was an entity that was serving earth through me and so when i tell people that music what people say oh music is spiritual i said no music is a spirit it's an entity It's a flowing force. I agree 100%. Yes. 100%. It's an, an entity that takes control that that's that's that comes into the vessel that welcomes it. So whether that vessel is a producer, a guitarist, a keyboard player, singer, you know. No. The music oh. is a spirit. You have to have a relationship with it. And that relationship is one of service, is one of honoring, is one of um uh trusting you know and allowing and so when i broke up with the music it was a real breakup it was a casting away it was like oh get away from me so just imagine that the spirit said okay fine goodbye and it left and that was not just with my career it was also with the fact that i wasn't listening to music i i wasn't downloading any albums uh 20 the year 2020 was the first time that I saw Apple Music that I interacted with Apple Music because I didn't know what it was <laughs> I was so away from the world that is that is worse like we were under a rock there's definitely rock. no way I just listened to <laughs> you didn't know what Apple Music was yeah 2022 and it's been wow you I really went into your shell last year like it's um, um, Yeah, I wasn't listening to any music. I wasn't I don't have a TV in my house right now. I haven't had a TV in seven years. So, wow. Uh, from 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 growing up being the person who stayed up all night at home watching TV, watching MTV Base and Channel O and you know, I was on top of everything. 
to just be like, I beg, I beg, I'm going to carry on a while I don't want. <laughs> right? It was a serious thing. Um, and so in coming back, of course, there were a couple of times in the past, in, in this seven-year period or six-year period, where maybe somebody would drop a comment on my social media, like, ah, ah, Eva, what's going on now? You, mama, you that I used to respect, you just fell off. You know, like stupid ask comments like that and then it will trigger me it will get to me it'll make me feel like wow you're such a failure what are you doing here teaching content creators how to make money online when you're supposed to be the biggest superstar like look at your mates look at look at the people who you started with you know like comparison will come in and i'll feel so bad and i'm like you know enough i'm, I'm going into the studio i'm going to record something and then I will go into the studio trying to prove a point. And of course, it never lasts because it will last for the period that I write the verse or record the song and it dies again. It's like, no, that's not the reason that you do this. You do this because you really want to be an instrument for God's work in this planet. And I went through that period. And now, last year was the first time that I said, okay, you know what? I want to start listening to music again. You know, I started downloading albums on Apple Music. And I said, yeah, I want to listen to something. I want to start you know, <laughs> really creating music just for fun, which is why my new album, Everything Good, is the way it is, because every single track is an affirmation of where I am now. That's why it's titled Everything Good, um, because in the past, the one thing that I really learned was my self-talk, my self-affirmations, the words that I was using. And I decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this music again, I'm going to do this music in a way where every single word will not go to waste. My music must edify. My music must amplify. My music must bring in more light into the vessel that is listening to the music. Because when I was depressed, even music could not help me. <laughs> I didn't have the right music to help me. I just said, enough with all this music. And so I want to ensure right now that whatever I create with music is helping people wake up, fall in love with themselves, feel strong. You know, my music, if you, if you listen to the new album, this is an album that like, it's less than 30 minutes, but it will immediately energize you. It's like your workout playlist is your motivational playlist is your ginger meal playlist. You know, I want to make sure that my music, you know, gives people energy. Um, and so I'm, I'm in that process of falling in love with music again. And, and my spirit has said, Maybe one of the ways is to pick up an instrument. So I want to see if I can start learning an instrument. Um, I want to go, you know, back to school. <sighs> My vocal classes, I want to pick them up again. I want to start doing like the, the, the technical things, you know, like building my skill again. And this is how I can start falling in love with it. I can't just say, oh, I'm going to just do the music. <laughs> no. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going through that process. Yeah. That's do good. I talk too much? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it, talking too much is good for a podcast. So, like, this is I'm the wrong worst person to ask because I'm just like, yeah, because yeah, you're not just talking too much. You're actually talking sense. So it's interesting to listen to. So this is good. I'm enjoying it. Don't worry. Yeah, <laughs> this is not a place where <laughs> it's good for my business. So, um, what will you say has been or what what blessings will you say have been some of the greatest blessings of your experience? I know you've talked about. How wonderful how you've learned to love yourself but if you had to like just summarize it i know this is hard but into possibly three main lessons that you've gained from this ego death that you know you can go back to tell eva that was going through it that was like very depressed you can go back if you had to go back in time to tell her this is what you benefit from this this is what you gain and this is who you become what will you tell her hmm, hmm. You know, I think, I think it actually summarizes to one thing that I have learned. And it's this idea, and, and my spirit ministered this idea to me uh, just recently, in fact. I mean, I've, I've had the concept for a while, but it just came full circle recently. It's this idea that the most important person right now in this entire universe, in this world, is you. Because you are in your world. You are the protagonist. You are the main character in this movie. And this movie that you're experiencing, that you call your life, 
it is specifically yours. It is unique to you. There is no other person that is leaving the exact same movie. We can be in the same country. We can have the same damn president. But we are not living the same lives. We are not living the same script. And this movie that is you, that you call your life, where you are the actor, you are the main character, every single person and every single thing in this movie of your life is working in collaboration, in participation, and intentional, um, what's the word? Intentional service to this movie that is you. In simple terms, everything and everybody in your life is working for your good in this movie. And so if this was like a concert, right? And we had the stage managers and the tour managers and the tour guides and the dancers and the choreographers, you are the main person on the stage and everybody is working in collaboration for the concerts that is you. And when I think about this, it just blows my mind because no matter where I am, no matter where I go, the person at the airport, the person in the bank, the woman who sold me tomatoes in the market, the person who is, you know, taking my order at a restaurant, the guy who broke my heart, the, the, the girl who's going to be my bridesmaid at my wedding if I ever get married, every single thing is working for me because I am in the movie that is my movie and it's all characters in my movie. And I think that that is just amazing when you finally grasp the concept and you think about it, like you are important, that there are 8 billion people in the world working for you. You are that important. Charlie, why? How? How? But it is true. 8 billion people, including the woman who just gave birth in a hospital far away in Sri Lanka right now. That birth is helpful for your life's experience today. Right now. Somehow. You would never know how and you don't need to know. You just need to play your part. And I just love life. <laughs> I just love life. That's very interesting. That's very much in like, you know, unity consciousness because we, it, it says that we are all a part of the whole and the whole is within us. So it's like we are the ocean, but we are also the ocean in the droplet. You get what I mean? So we are all a part of God. God is collective consciousness. That's what, that is the whole like premise of unity consciousness whereby we are all working together to this. And some people say, yes, if this is a matrix, then maybe there is only one spark of consciousness that has somehow multiplied itself or divided itself to be all of us. So I always like to think of humanity as a body. And I think I've said this before in another episode, I said, think of it as a body and we all are cells in the body. Or let me just think of earth as a body, right? And as humans, we are cells, right? Other other great, um, species too are also part because humans have this exaggerated self-importance. Um, like we we have this huge <laughs> sense of self that everything is about us, you know. Mm. By the end of the day, I like to think of us as cells, as and everything is important. You know, everyone mm. is important. At the same time, you are also nothing because um, you can't take yourself that seriously. And that's one thing I like about life. You know, I've learned to laugh a lot. And not take mm -hmm. a lot of things as seriously because at the end of the day, no matter what you do, the sun will shine tomorrow now. So we move. Do you get what I mean? Like, you know, and that also helps me when I'm having an embarrassing moment or something happens. It's just like, you know what? The world hasn't stopped. So why should I be stuck on mm -hmm. something? Yeah. So what advice will you give to someone who is currently experiencing an ego death and dealing with like, obviously the side effects, which is depression and suicidal ideation? ideation what would you tell that person who is struggling to think of themselves as an entity again like you know when you lose that huge part of yourself when you lose your identity it's like you're grasping who the hell am i mm -hmm. like who do i tell people mm -hmm. i am what do i actually mm -hmm. like you know what's good for me hmm. I, I i don't know if i can <clears throat> I would say very simply because because what what's 
always helped me throughout my life experience is the right word from the right person at the right time. But of course, with me having the intention to find a word, right? And so for, for everybody, find a word and write a word. Find a word, write a word. One of the things that has been very, very instrumental in my life is writing my thoughts. I have journals and journals and journals of my entire life. In fact, I just got back from Nigeria and back home. I had the chance to go to my old apartment, you know, this tiny box of an apartment that I lived in for more than eight years, right? And my most prized possessions in this apartment were my journals. And I had the wonderful opportunity to go through them and to, in fact, scan them and make them digital because I always worried that maybe there could be a fire and I'll lose all my journals or maybe I might pass away. And if I transition, nobody has access to my journals and that would be such a waste of wisdom. And so when I went back home, I had the joyful opportunity to scan them <laughs> and, and digitalize my journals and just... God, being able to see my thoughts from 2016 when the depression started, that was amazing. I'm like sitting down there and looking at the things I'm thinking about in 2016, in 2015, almost 10 years ago. I'm like, wow, this is what you were thinking. This were your thoughts. This were your ideas. This is like a gold mine of information. It's like an archive. It's like my personal Akashic records. <laughs> And I was just so happy to have that. Um, so you really, I, I think like we, we really have to, to get deeper and deeper into uncovering the voice in our, and there are so many voices in your head. So the, the practice of meditation and journaling is how you escape the noise and go deeper into the core of who you are so that you can fish out and uncover that voice that is truly you right because that is the voice that will guide you in this experience you can listen to motivational speakers you can read as many books as you can you can do whatever but until you master the self until you know who you are then you forever almost be lost okay people can only guide you you know motivational speakers can only show you the way you take the path but you need to get into the point where you are the captain of the ship you are the one who is running your life not your parents not your pastor not your coach you take charge of the reins of your life and you say look i'm gonna have this bumpy ride as bumpy as it is and i'm gonna have fun but i'm going to lead the way it takes time but as you begin to trust yourself again and again and more and more through the years it's not instantaneous but as you continue to trust yourself you'll find that it becomes easier and easier to trust the natural flow of life that is inside of you, the one that you call God, the one that you call your spirit, your higher aspect, because it is always there guiding you. And the people who are not led by their, by their source are led by other people, and they will land wherever they decide to land. So you have to make sure that you are the one leading yourself. And one of the best ways to do that is to get inspiration from everybody and compare it with the inspiration that is coming from yourself. So you can get guidance from everybody. You can get, you know, tuition and coaching from everybody. But the best tuition is intuition. The one that is coming from inside of you. And you must do all the practices that you can to, to connect with that. Because it's, it's everything. Hmm. Thank you, Eva. So please <laughs> tell our audience where... They can find you on social media, your websites. I know I mentioned it earlier, but please mention it again. And all your social media handles, <laughs> all of them. It's too many social media handles because I, I run online businesses. <laughs> so like um, the top one, okay, the, the main one you want people to be able to find you on. I think the best place to find me is YouTube and Twitter. I would have said Instagram, but if you're on my Twitter, then you're literally getting everything first. But... The best place, my, my Twitter is at Eva Alodia. My YouTube, you know, you, I have two YouTube channels, my music channel and my, my personal channel. So there's Eva Alodia and Eloho Eva Alodia. Find them both, follow them both. But the best place to connect with me is in my private newsletters and my private podcast. 
um, you can find that at evaalodia.substack.com. So that will be E-V-A-A-L-O-R-D-I-A-H.substack.com. That's where you find me. The link is also on my Twitter. So if you just go to Twitter right now and grab your phone as you're listening to this, mouse over to Twitter and go to at Eva Alodia. Um, you definitely enjoy following me. I write so much. I write a lot. And I know my, my followers find it very valuable. So definitely make sure that you follow me on Twitter. Thank you. The dog agrees. <laughs> Thank you, Eva. <laughs> Thank you so much. And, oh, my pleasure. This was a it was it was like you really 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 gave it your all and i'm happy <laughs> i'm happy about that yeah because you you went in like you think you went in you know, and I'm happy. i haven't i haven't given any interview in the last six years wow i haven't talked i haven't talked to nobody i haven't cared about press i released an album I, i'm not doing press i don't care about all of that i haven't had an interview in six years okay maybe i talked to a friend on instagram live but you're literally my first public interview in six wow. and there's wow a look I'm let's let's <laughs> let's <laughs> definitely end it on that high note <laughs>